Now, it has been a summer of chaos in Europe, from heat waves to drought and from travel disruptions to cost of living crisis. Summer of 2022 was unpleasant, at the least, for Europe. However, even the times ahead look grim as Europeans are staring at a difficult winter. With winters just around the corner, Russia has closed a crucial gas pipeline for Europe. Russia's gas giant, Gazprom, has closed the Nord Stream 1 pipeline for three days, citing routine maintenance on Wednesday. The closure has now been extended indefinitely over a reported oil spill. The oil spill was found close to the Finnish border, where gas is put under high pressure to allow it to flow through the pipeline all the way to Germany. Now, in a statement on Telegram, Gazprom said representatives of Germany's Siemens have also endorsed a report on the oil spill. The Russian state-owned company says it cannot fix the leak due to a lack of parts. The essential parts company says are covered by international sanctions against Russia. The West is accusing the Russian president of using gas supplies as a weapon to bring Europe to its knees. Without crucial Russian supplies, Europe will be left without the means to keep itself warm through the winter, from geysers to heaters, all run on the power which is ultimately fueled by Russian gas. Even the German turbine manufacturer Siemens, which Gazprom says has endorsed its report, has clarified that an oil leak in a pumping system does not have to be a reason to close the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. Now, according to the German manufacturer, there are enough other turbines available in the Russian compressor station. Commenting on the latest developments, European Union says the bloc is well prepared in the event of a total halt in Russian gas deliveries thanks to storage capacity and energy-saving measures. Whatever be the claims and counterclaims, all we know right now for sure is that Europe is now crumbling and scrambling to reduce consumption for one and looking for alternative sources of energy for another. And there's certainly no denial to the fact that if the Russian gas supplies remain disrupted in the coming months, this winter, Russia will have the upper edge again. And for more on this, we are being joined by Peter Kaznick, who is a professor of history and the director of the Nuclear Studies Institute at American University. Peter, welcome to the program and thanks for making time for us. Thank you. What do you make of Russia's actions? Is it payback for the sanctions imposed on the country? And what effects will the closure really have on Europe? Uh, I think there is already... Uh, a gas war, an economic war going on between Russia and the Europeans. And this is another step in that. The sanctions that the Europeans have imposed on Russia's economy, Russia can retaliate because there's, the Europe, Europe is still heavily dependent on Russia, especially for natural gas. So even though the Europeans have been trying to fill their uh, capacity to their stockpiles, for, to be ready for the winter, we estimate that Germany's stockpile is 84% filled and Europe's, the rest of Europe's is about 80% filled. But the Gazprom and Russian officials say that that is not going to last through the winter and that Europe will be in for a lot of suffering as a result. So the prices are already skyrocketing. The wholesale Gas prices are up 400% over the past year, and we're looking for 
this is going to diminish the supply and is going to send the gas prices up higher. And there's likely to be shortages that are going to have pretty devastating economic repercussions. So Russia does have the upper hand in that regard and is using this as a weapon, just like the Europeans are using all of their leverage as weapons against Russia right now. Peter, what can Europe do right now to avert a possible or what you call an imminent suffering? What I would like to see Russia, the Europeans do is put pressure on both sides to start diplomacy, start negotiating. Right now, the United States and Europe are simply flooding more and more uh, military support into Ukraine, and that's helping keep this going. Uh, we don't have any real flexibility on the part of Russia or the part of Ukraine right now. So there's no serious talks going on. But the only way to avert economic and other crises is to begin to negotiate and end to this very, very dangerous and terribly uh, destructive war. Uh, so the Europeans do not have a lot of options. They're getting a lot of gas of, of gas now from Norway and other places. In fact, Norway is supplying more gas to Europe now than Russia is. Uh, so even before this, the pipeline was only producing 20% of capacity in terms of the amount of oil that was going into Europe. So this was even before this latest cutoff. This was a serious problem. And the United States has been providing a lot of liquefied natural gas. So they're looking for alternatives as well as alternatives domestically. They're going to keep the nuclear plants going in Germany, and they're looking for other sources. So it's, But it's, it's going to only get more and more serious as the winter proceeds. There is a hope in some circles that because of global warming, this will be a mild winter in Europe, but we don't know if that's going to be the case. And we, we do anticipate very serious problems. Peter, let's talk about these other sources of, uh, you know, energy. Why is it proving difficult for Europe? And I know you've mentioned this. Why is it proving difficult for Europe to find alternatives? And what can ease their dependency on Russian oil and energy? They've been talking about this for quite some time, the need to reduce their dependence on Russian energy. Uh, but they haven't found viable sources. Some of it has to do with the means of transport. Some of these means of transport are much more expensive, and there is just simply not that much. It, it, there's, the Europeans have been talking about putting a cap, a price cap, on Russian oil and Russian gas. Uh, if they do so, Russia has threatened to cut off completely and simply find other markets. Russia has already been sending a lot of uh, oil, uh, gas, as we know, to India, uh, also much more to China. So there are other countries who are happy to take Russian gas and oil at discounted prices, which Russia is offering. So while the uh, Europeans are trying to cut off dependence and reduce dependence on Russian oil and gas, there are other countries 
who are happy to take reduced price oil and gas from Russia. So uh, the, the Europeans have been scrambling to try to find whatever other sources are available. There's even been discussion at times about the wanting to conclude the Iran nuclear deal so that Iranian oil will be back in the market. There have been discussions about change, about improving relations with Venezuela to get Venezuelan oil back on the market. So uh, there's a lot of desperation, and they're looking for desperate solutions. But so far, they've done a good job of stockpiling oil for the winter and gas and gas for the winter, but they do not have nearly as much as they need at this point. Peter, we'll have to leave it there. I've been talking to Peter Kaznick, who is a professor of history and the director of the Nuclear Studies Institute at American University. Peter, thank you very much for making time and for talking to WeOn today. Thank you. WeOn is now available in your country. Download the app now and get all the news on the move.